Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 81, where in a moment, we look at 20 quotes to help you gain money and success. That's today's show topic, and it's on the way, like I say, in just a second. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. And you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows, because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, pensions, investing, life insurance, and loads more. You name it, we've done it. And last week, we looked at financial planning for students. Remember, we can drill down and focus on pretty much anything forensically. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis. With me as always, the star of our show, it's Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you today? Good, thank you. I'm really looking forward to this one. We do a quote on the show every week because we know it's one of your, your favourite inspirational things. But for this episode... You've decided to sort of blow that out and, and make it the entire show for a bit of fun and something you know a little bit different today. So as a little advanced trailer, as it were, which famous folk are likely to feature between now and the end of today's episode? Yeah, this week's podcast, it should be a really fun one to do. Go look at some quotes from Jim Rowan, Warren Buffett. We've got quite a few other ones to, to go through as well. But I've kind of picked out 20 quotes and we'll, we'll expand on a few of them as, as we go through but yeah it should be a really good good fun podcast to do this week okay let's let's start with Jim Rowan then he's a name I'm aware of and it's probably through you actually but like I am with just about all the names you've got coming up I'd imagine but other than the name registering on some level in my psyche I, I don't know anything about him so before you set up some of his quotes tell me a little bit more about him and why his quotes have been so powerful to you and millions of others. Emmanuel James Rowan, or, or Jim Rowan as he was known, he was an American entrepreneur, author, and motivational speaker. Now, I, I go on YouTube a lot. I'm nearly one for reading books, but I, I like going on YouTube and watching videos, and some of his ones are fantastic. Some some of them a little bit, I wouldn't say dated, but I mean, he, he's, he's dead now, unfortunately, but he's got some tremendous quotes and probably my, my favorite one is, is the very first one don't wish it were easier wish you were better and and with that I, I remember I mean not just when it comes to your finances but just in life in general I mean I, I used to think that probably in fact with, with money as well I probably wasn't the best with money when I was younger but I've kind of made myself better which then actually in turn makes things easier same as well with my parent then I never used to think I was a, a particularly a very good dad and I remember I used to be tearing my hair out with, with the kids and I used to always think right don't wish it were easier wish you were better because the better you are the easier things will, will become so I mean that that's not just in that I mean that can be life in general but yeah. certainly when it comes to to your money and finances as well and another good one that Jim Rowan came out where it was formal education will make you a living self-education will make you a fortune and again I, that that kind of rings true with myself because I had a decent enough education when I, I was young learned a lot but I would say for me the real education and, and living or 
was as I got older, self-education is the thing that kind of, to me, I think makes you a fortune. I mean, years ago, I used to have to learn how to be a financial advisor. So I did all the, the financial planning exams, but you kind of beat almost the, the self-education and life's lessons along the way. So mm. that, that was the first couple of quotes from Jim Rowan. Yeah, so what, what you take it upon yourself to learn, put your head as someone who hasn't invested that time and money doing the same, maybe, or, or even, you know, taking everyone else out of it. The more you learn, the more accomplished you can become and the more useful you are. So number three, if you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. I do love that, Phil. Oh, I, tell you, I think that's a great quote. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. And it is, I suppose in life, you've got some people that go out and do things and get things done. And then you've others that think about how great it would be, but they don't actually do it. And again, when it comes to your money and finances, it's easy to think, right, what do I really want? But you've actually got to go and, and do it. And one of the, the exercises, we've mentioned it several times in, in some of the podcasts, was the old exercise with the, the three sheets of paper. I knew so you on, were going on, for that. I know. On, on the first, <laughs> it, this was from a chap called Larry Wingett. He's a, a sort of business coach, and he, he's got a lot of good stuff on YouTube and online. He's a no-nonsense kind of chap, but I remember being at a course once. What he said to do was get three bits of paper, number one, Write down everything as it is now, how much money you've got in the bank, your weight. It can be like what debts you've got. You write everything on, on sheet one. On sheet two, you write how you would like things to look. On sheet three, you write down what you're going to give up to get from sheet one to sheet two. So it is, I love that quote. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll, you'll find an excuse. Another good Jim Rowan one as well was you're the average of the five people you spend most time with. And, and that's a really good one because if you hang out with the sort of types of people that you want to be, you'll become more like them as well. So you, you often find that a lot of successful people, they'll hang about with other successful people. So that, that was another really good Jim Rowan quote as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can relate to that one. I've heard people use it. In real terms, the way it worked or it worked in my life is like this. If you get, you know, a promotion or maybe you're headhunted by another company, you're going sort of higher up the chain. Everyone at that new level is going to be, say, what, 5% better at everything they do with regard to the job. And before long, you will be too, because you'll have to be in order to continue sort of swimming in that pool. It's one way of looking at it. Maybe not the way intended by Jim Rowan when he came up with it, but, you know, that's how I see it. Yeah. You have to improve as you progress, because if you don't, then you won't. Number five. Yeah, the, the fifth one, again, another Jim Rowan quote. This is the last one of his ones, but motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. Hmm. With, with this one, what I would say, you need to have a purpose in life and I mean for me it was when I well when I had the kids I wanted to provide for them I wanted to give them a roof over their head make sure they had food to eat so I mean that initially was my motivation and like a number of years ago but we, we did a really good show last year episode 56 that was about financial goal setting yeah. and I always think it's good to have financial goals to to go after and also just to think what you want your your future to to be like as well there, there was, and I can't remember who it is, you're great at remembering who, who comes up with these quotes, but there was something I read recently and it said, you know, imagine that you're, you're a ship and you're plotting a course in your life and 
if you don't have a goal, you don't know which direction to go and where to set an anchor. So you've got yeah. you've got to have things to aim for. I and I guess that as well, you know, motivation is what gets you started. Habits what keeps what keeps you going. Yeah. Having the dream and then actioning towards realizing it on a regular basis. You know, keep getting up to bat. Yeah. If, if you know where you're going it's much easier to get there, is it? Whereas if Absolutely. you're just driving somewhere, you, you'll head all over the place. But if you've got a destination you want to achieve, you're going to get there a lot quicker as well. Yeah, that's I'm, I'm maybe one of those people, Phil, because you know what I used to hate on a Sunday, right, was, come on, we'll go and get Granny. We'll take her out for a drive. Okay, where are we going? I don't know, just for a drive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Phil, these are fascinating. Who else do you want to feature? Yeah, another one. I mean, I, I like looking and saying, right, Looking at certain successful people, and it used to be uh, Warren Buffett is really good for a quote. He's 91 years old now. He used to be the richest man in the world, so he's probably a good guy uh, to learn yeah. from. Yeah. As of March 2022, his estimated net worth was a staggering $88 billion. So see, he's probably a good guy that we can get a, a few good quotes from oh, as well. Imagine. I've actually got, I think it's about five of his quotes to, to go through as well. So he, he's a good one we can learn from. Tell me again a little bit about his background. I mean, you said he's worth 88 billion, whatever it was. Yeah. So where your paths cross in terms of him educating you by means of a book or whatever, yeah, what, I mean, he, what you've taken from him. He, he's considered to be one of the most successful investors in, in the world. He's the largest shareholder in a company called Berkshire Hathaway. Now, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of probably Berkshire Hathaway, but huge company. They own big stakes in, in a lot of major corporations. They've got a big stake in Kraft, a big stake in American Express, Coca-Cola. I think they own a, a part of Apple. A the name company. behind the names. It, it probably is, really. Yeah. That's probably the best way to, to describe it. But Warren Buffett, as I say, he used to be the richest man in the world. He isn't anymore. But I mean, at 91 years old, he's still working. That, that's a thing. He's still got to drive <laughs> to keep, keep going. One of the great quotes from him, I will tell you the secret of getting rich on Wall Street. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Now, I, I think that's a great quote, especially just now. There's a lot of volatility about. People are really nervous. I mean, over the last couple of years, we've had COVID. We've had, at the minute, the, the kind of war in Ukraine. So folk are, at the minute, folk are fearful. So what he's really saying is look for the opportunities in times like now. Whereas what, what you tend to find, human nature, when people are investing, they'll often wait until things are doing really well and that's often not such a good time to go into something. What you want to do is try and get something when it's lower and, and a better time to, to go in. So I, I think that's a great quote from him. So just to, to go over it again, I will tell you the secret of getting rich on Wall Street. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. So in, in essence, it's kind of about your, your understanding of and your reaction to, to risk. I mean, it's never that good and it's never that bad. That's it. I mean, it, it is. I mean, people in, in times when things are hard, they are often quite wary. So like just now, people are understandably a bit nervous about investing. But to, to me, I I'd see when things go down, that's when I see it as an opportunity mm. to buy for when things go back up again. And I have a lot of people just now, they, they think, oh, I just I'm gonna keep my money in cash at the minute. Now, interest rates are still historically quite low. And what you'll find is as things start to recover, yeah, interest rates might go up a bit, but 
just now, if you've got your money in cash, you're actually losing money because inflation is, is over 5%. And if you're only getting, say, 1% or 2% on cash, you're losing money. But if you've got your money invested, yeah, things might be a bit volatile and up and down just now. But in the longer term, that's usually going to do an awful lot better. So the, the chances of that recovering and doing well are a lot higher. Whereas if you have your money in cash, it's probably not the best place. Although you, you do need some money in cash, I would say, I mean, you want to have an emergency fund in case anything comes up there. So that is, that, that's one of the things. And the, the next quote that I've got is a really good one as well. Someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And what I take from that, I mean, look, looking at myself and my business, a lot of the hard work that I did was between five and 10 years ago. So I'm, I'm quite fortunate now that I, I maybe don't have to work quite so hard. But again, that one, someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. So the investments you make, the earlier you make them, the more time you've got for them to, to do well. I remember you using this next one on a, a previous show. I couldn't tell you what the show is, yeah. but I, remem I remember the quote. Do you want to do it or will I? Yeah, that's, that's a great one. No matter how great the talent or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. For me, a, a guy with six kids, that's, a, <laughs> that's probably a really apt one for myself. <laughs> I'm going to say, we both, we both know a few people that have tried maybe to get nine women pregnant in one month, but <laughs> yeah, they're not featuring on this show. Yeah, so some things just take time and, and you know, be conscious of that, I suppose. The next one is the most important thing to do if you find yourself in a hole is to stop digging. Again, I just love that. That, that probably follows on quite well for the last <laughs> one. Um, so, sometimes you've just got to admit, they, they admit defeat, but sometimes you just think, right, I don't want the hole to, to get bigger. So what I would say when, when it comes to your finances, if, if you're struggling with things, rather than making things worse, sometimes you've got to think, right, I need to get out of this hole and, and move on. I mean, I, I found maybe going back about six years ago, I did a relationship just ended. It was quite a low point for, for me back then. But I remember one night my, my team won the Super Bowl and I thought, right, Phil, you need to get off your backside and, and get going again. And I, I could have dug myself in a bigger hole at that point. But I thought, no, let's just like get out of it and, and move on and start heading in the direction that we, we want to go. So that, that's probably one that resonates a, a lot with myself. Number 10, risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. Again, just, you know, immediately likable. Again, some, some great insight there, Phil. Tell me about that one. Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. I guess it's just, you know, if you know, if you know where, where you are, then you can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, for me, you're always learning in life. And, and if you're invested in something, like at, at the minute, I get a lot of people saying, oh, I want to put money into cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and stuff. And if you didn't know what you're doing, <laughs> that could be something that, that's just not good for you at all. So it is, I think with, with anything in life, you, you need to, if you know what you're doing, the chances of you being successful are, are going to be an awful lot higher. 
You've uh, you've got one of my favourites coming up next, Phil. Um, Apple's Steve Jobs. Now, before we get on to to some of his quotes, tell me where you came across him and why you found him sort of inspirational and motivational, if you like. Yeah, Steve Steve Jobs. He, he's quite a well known person. He was the co founder of Apple. Sadly, he he passed away just at the age of fifty six. That was back in two thousand and eleven. So it's hard to believe it's over ten years ago now, yeah. but. I mean, he's got a, a, several really good quotes. And um, one, one of the ones from him, if I try my best and fail, well, I have tried my best. And, and sometimes that's all you can do, is it? You, you think, right, I've tried. Sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes they do. But if you give something your best shot, at the end of the day, that's all you can do, is it? Exactly. It's, it's, it sort of goes completely against this, you know, this X factor idea. Okay. You've got to give it 150%. Well, that's actually impossible. <laughs> you know, technically it's yep. impossible. My dad used to brainwash me with a variation on that when I was a kid coming up for exams. And I try and do the same with my kids. Now my kids going off today to a Spanish speaking exam. Uh, and the idea is if you do your best, then there is no more you can do. There's nothing extra that you're capable of. Someone might come along and, and, and be better than you at that particular thing, but you yeah. tried your best, so it doesn't matter. It's not permission to fail. It's recognising there was nothing more that you could have done. You know what? You learn from your mistakes. Exactly. I, I, I've made loads of mistakes in the past. And when I was younger, I used to hate making mistakes. I, I was awful. But now sometimes I think, right, how can I learn from it? So mistakes, being positive about it, a mistake can, can be a good thing because you think, right, Let's learn and and they make that mistake again in the future. Absolutely. And I said to I said to my son this morning, I said, look, you know, if you go into this exam or any exam and you think in the first couple of minutes, oh no, I've messed that up. And I don't have a chance to go back over it because it's a speaking exam. Yeah. Don't let it influence what's still to come. That one's gone. So just forget about it. Yeah. And concentrate on, on what's what's coming up. I said the 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 ability to get out of having made a mistake is far better than the idea that you're never going to make one yeah. because you, you will, it's, you know, to earn as human and all that. So the ability to get back on your feet and get going again and learning something from it is far as a far greater asset to you than, than anything else. Yeah. I, I think like going through these quotes, it's great because you can learn things from them. Yeah. And you know, out of all the 20 that we've got here today, number 12 is probably the one that <laughs> I need to like look at the most. Again, it's a Steve Jobs one. We've got yeah. another, this one and another one of his. The next one, focus is about saying no. Do you know what? I, I find it hard to say no because I like helping people. So if somebody asks for my help, I want to say yes. But one thing I've found with running the business is sometimes you've got to say no. And that can be the same with, with investments. Sometimes you might think, no, really, I'm, I'm not comfortable doing this. So sometimes saying no is such a powerful thing. But out of all the things, that's probably the one that I find the, the hardest. But Steve Jobs had some great quotes. And one thing with him, when he was terminally ill, that certainly like would refocus your mind to, to think yeah, on different things. Yeah. And, and, and quote number 13, that this again, a, a Steve Jobs one, remembering that I will be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving what is only truly important. I guess for him, it took him being almost on his deathbed to realise, like, what is important to me? What do I want to focus on? It must be hard. I mean, unless you're in that position, it'd be hard to think like that. But 
going back to the mistakes, I mean, like I say, I used to be really bad for, if I made mistakes, I would feel awful about it. Whereas now, what you want to do is focus on the most important things and, and also don't be scared of making mistakes, not, not just in your finances, but with, with anything in life. Absolutely. That, that is a massive one. I also remember Steve Jobs referring to death as life's great changing agent. And he said yeah. that we all want to go to heaven, just none of us want to have to die to get there. He's not the famous person you've chosen to borrow for the purpose of recording this episode. I struggle with this, not just to quote in its meaning, but how to pronounce the name of the person in question. So I'm going to let you do it, Phil. And again, also explain the background of this person and how and when they've influenced you. Yeah, this is a chap called Robert Kiyosaki. He's an American businessman and author. He wrote a very popular book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that book it advocates the importance of financial education, financial independence, building wealth through various things, looking at things like real estate, maybe starting your own business. So he, he's a guy that, that's got a lot of good quotes, but only got one from, from him today. Successful people don't fear failure, but understand that it's necessary to learn and grow from. So again, quite similar to what we were speaking about just a, a few minutes ago, you'll make mistakes, but it's all about learning and, and life's about that. And if you're investing in anything, you, yeah, you can go to a financial advisor and they'll do a lot of it for you. But with, with anything in life, the more you learn, the more you earn. That, that's something that I've, I've always been a great believer in. I don't fear failure. I fear the consequences of it. I think we're all the same in that regard. You know, it's not it's not the, the fact that you're going to fail. It's what it might mean when you fail. We were talking about this before we started today's podcast. I remember Richard Branson explaining the best time to start a company is when you're, you're young, maybe 16, 17, because you're doing it before you have or understand the burdens of bills like you know, mortgages or you have dependents almost while you're ignorant to the, the costs that you're going to incur in life. Because when you're blind to all that, you don't see the risk. You only see the opportunity. And maybe I'm, I'm seeing more to lose than gain these days. I wonder if it's a young person's quote, that one. You know, successful people don't feel fi- fear failure, but they understand it's necessary to learn and grow from. You've probably got considerably more to lose than I have, Phil. Do you, do you still learn a lot through failure? Oh, definitely. Take a great example. One of my kids, he was on my phone just recently playing a, a game. He, he's too young to know to read anything, but he, he would try it. He would fail. He would try it again, wouldn't get it. And then eventually he would start to learn how to do it. And, and sometimes kids are great to learn from, but with, with them, they just do things and they'll they'll tr- eventually find a way. And sometimes that's what you've got to do in life. And it's like you, you mentioned Richard Branson there. I mean, a, a good Richard Branson story. I think when he was young, one, one of the first things he did was sell budgies. He, he would breed budgies. And the reason he chose them was that he could breed them really quickly and sell them and, and make a few pounds off it. So sometimes thinking outside the box and, and again, <laughs> trying things. That, that's uh. it. So that, that was where he started on, on his journey before he went into Virgin Records and, yeah. and everything else after that. So <laughs> I always think you can learn a lot from, from people. And the, the next guy that I've got um, a quote from is a chap called Tony Robbins. Now, oh, yeah. he, he, he describes himself as a life and business strategist. He's a lot of videos on YouTube, a lot of good stuff. And the, the quote from him, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. So I thought that, that was quite a good one as well. And again, for when it comes to finances, you want to have goals. You want to think, right, what do I want my retirement to look like? So then you think, right, I always think visualize the end 
and then start planning on on how to get there. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen clips of, of Tony Robbins before, probably on things like Facebook and, and stuff like that. The only thing that I would say about him, and I know it works for loads and loads of people, but you know, when you see something, you think, yeah, maybe that's just a bit too American for me. And it's it's all we're gonna get up, we're gonna be successful. Woo! And you know, I I just <laughs> sometimes sometimes there's a part of me, and I, I don't know if it's a British thing or I don't know what it is, but yeah, I just say, oh, no, I'm I'm not for that today. I'm I'm not doing that with you today, Tony. Sorry, pal. Um, that's number fifteen. Setting goals, the first step in, in turning the invisible into the visible. What's next, Phil? Yeah, the next one. I, I've got a few. Sporting stars next are boxers. I'm, I'm a, a keen boxing fan, but I always like to see what makes people tick and what makes them then oh, successful. Yeah. Now, the, the next quote you might think is a, a strange one to put in, but I've put, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's a <laughs> famous Mike Tyson quote. Now, the reason that I've put that one in was with this one, what I would say is that it's sometimes easy to get hit hard and it puts you off track for a bit. But... If you're off track, you want to try and then get back on track. So that, that was why I included that one there. And then probably the, the best boxer for quotes was the, the greatest of all time, oh. Muhammad Ali. And I've actually got two quotes from, from him to go through. The first one, don't count the days, make the days count. Yeah. And then the second one, I am the greatest. I said that even before I knew I was. Now, <laughs> I love that quote. Do you, do you know what? There, there's a thing called... NLP, or it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yep. Now, what, what Muhammad Ali was almost doing there was he was believing he was the greatest even before he was the heavyweight champion of the world. And now, in, what, what this is, it's, a, it's like a practice of understanding how people think and feel. A lot of sporting greats have used kind yeah. of NLP techniques Probably, I would almost say, probably the most famous one was Tiger Woods. What he used to do when he would rock up to a tournament, all the other golfers would be away practicing. And the first thing he used to do, he would go onto the 18th green and stand there and visualize himself winning the trophy. He would visualize that final putt to win it and how he would feel at that stage. So, so that's called like NLP techniques. And I, a great thing that, that I did years ago probably about eight years ago when, when Campbell and Forbes were born, I got two sheets of paper. I wrote down all the things I wanted. And then, so I, I would write down, right, I want to be the Ellen Bowling Club champion. I want to have X amount in my bank. I want to be a millionaire. I, I would write all that sort of things down. And then what I would do is I would write, I am Ellen Bowling Club champion. I am a millionaire. I don't have any loans. I, I would write all that things down and and you know what it was amazing how over time that came true so I was almost thinking it before I became it sort of thing and mm. I, I'm going to share with you as well I mean that this is something that I wrote down just a couple of weeks ago and and I'll, I'll read it out and then we, we can go over it but I am now fitter and healthier and weigh 15 stone work is going great and we are now up to a team of 22 our turnover last year increased by 35%. We expanded into England and the profile of the business has increased so much since Jamie started with us. I'm now getting a lot of time to spend with Ruth and the kids and life is great. I saw the Who at Madison Square Garden in New York and I head to Glendale, Arizona next week for the Super Bowl. So I, I wrote that several <laughs> weeks ago, but see, see when you read it, so, so you're almost like looking at it and thinking, right, 
you're writing it almost in the past tense that it's happened. So when I read that, my mind starts to see that and also excites me. But when I read that out, I was beaming. I was like, oh man, that sounds so good. So I was almost like thinking it before it's happened. And, and that, that's just like a technique. And then what, once you know what you're looking to do, you've then got to put the plan in place. So for me, I think, right, I need to exercise weekly, train and develop my team, yeah. schedule free time and focus days. So that, that's off the back of some of these quotes. It's then about taking the, the action. Two things here, Phil. You know, you're talking about you love figuring out how people tick, right? And I think I think that's quite a common thing. And it's people yeah. that we admire. It's not, it's not, you know, how the guy that just walked out the shop across the street ticks. It's how people that you admire and you'd like to be more like what they've done so that you can almost emulate what it is yeah. that they do and try and bring it into your own life. And that's what you, you described there when you were talking about the likes of Muhammad Ali and, and how he went about it. I've mentioned this before, and I hope you don't mind me doing it again. That is actually the premise for a show that I've done with a Paralympian champion, Neil Fackey. It's called The 1% Club. And there are people in that show that detail exactly what you were talking about with the NLP. So there's a woman, for instance, who talks about, she saw something in, in Time magazine once, and it was how all these unfortunate refugee women who'd fleed Syria and the tyranny there had ended up in camps where they were supposed to be getting aid. And in actual fact, what was happening was they didn't have any sanitary towels and, and the, the soldiers that were there were abusing them and all, all just, just yeah. the worst of the worst of the worst. And she visualised herself actually handing out the sanitary goods that they needed. And then as the moment that she visualised that, she saw all the previous steps in her mind. Yeah, to get to there. So you, phys you physically visualize the end goal and everything up until that point sets itself back. It's like the steps yeah. behind going up to that moment. The Russian gymnastics team, when they were fa the famous ones in the 70s, when they won, they did all the training that they were ever going to do for, for the, the goal for the team at yeah. the Olympics. And then for the last two weeks, all they did was they practiced walking up to the podium, standing yeah. on the podium, being given the gold medals because they visualized it that was the easiest part, yeah. you know. The, the, going, going back and doing all the, the the exercises and all that 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 was that was simple. They, they knew that, like you know, back of their hand. There's a thing called the the law of attraction, and probably the best way to describe it is if you buy a new car, you often start to see that car in that same color going about, and, and your mind is then more focused on it. And mm. you you can use that when it comes to to finances and money. That, that's the thing. It's like looking at it and think right visualize it and then you start to see it more and it, it's funny like for me opportunities often come up you think of something and then lo and behold not <laughs> long after your mind suddenly sees something oh yeah we've got to go for that and and that's it so it, it's great and the, the, I've got two more quotes to, to go through both of these are from people that I don't know don't, don't know anything about them but I thought they were really good quotes number 19 empty pockets never held anyone back only empty heads and empty hearts can do that. That was from someone called Norman Vincent Peale. So I, I didn't know nothing about him, but I thought that's a really good, good yep, quote. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the final quote that I've got here, investing should be more like watching paint dry or watching grass grow. If you want excitement, take on $800 and go to Las Vegas. <laughs> someone Paul, called um, Paul Samuelson. So it is, if you're investing money, you got to be patient. A lot of people just want 
instant success with with things, do they? But it doesn't work like that. You've got to take your time and, and get to that point. Absolutely. Now, listen, I'm going to give you, you said earlier you like watching things on YouTube. Muhammad Ali is one of your heroes. I know, I've known that for, about you for about, probably since we met 10 years ago, yeah. Phil. I've always known the Muhammad Ali thing. And now you were talking about how, you know, if you're going to invest, it takes a bit of time. So this will kill a bit of time while you're investing next, right? If you've never seen on YouTube Billy Crystal's tribute to Muhammad Ali once he died, you have, and even if you've seen it once, yeah. go and watch it again. It is one of the funniest, most touching speeches you will ever see about anybody yeah. anywhere. Have you ever watched it? I, I don't think I have. I'll, I'll look that up. And, oh, and go, go, go and look it up this afternoon, Phil. You, you'll be in tears laughing. You'll be in tears actually missing the guy that you never really knew firsthand yourself. It's just a beautiful eulogy. You'll love it. Yeah. All right. Now, this is the point where I normally say, Hey, Phil, this is the part of the show where we do your own life story. And you, have you got a quote? <laughs> but I've guessing. got, um, I, I know, I have. Um, one have thing, you got one? <laughs> well, just about my story. Okay. One thing that I would say that a really good book that, that I read by a chap called Mark Rhodes, Think Your Way to Success. If someone has got time to read, I, I would highly recommend that book. It was one that really made a big difference in my life. And I do have a quote as well. So after oh, wow. going through 20 quotes. Here's another um, this one is from, I think it's the right way to pronounce it, Lao Tu, who was, I think, a Chinese philosopher. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Mm, that's a famous, famous, famous one, isn't it? Yeah. Couldn't have told you who it was by, though, but I, I could have recited the quote. It begins with one step. Now, Phil is really keen on trying to help you with your financial queries. If you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always... We can ask them anonymously if you wish. Let's get on to this week's contact details coming up in a second. Give it to you. So this, here's our first question. Hi, Phil. I don't think you've done a show on obtaining a mortgage in a while. I know lenders were very reluctant during COVID to offer great deals. Now, understandably, the news agenda is being led by Ukraine, and I still don't hear anything about mortgages. Have lenders become a bit more generous yet? Is it worth chatting to them? I would say there's a lot of good deals out there, but one thing, getting a mortgage or maybe getting the amount that you want to borrow, lenders' criteria is tightening a wee bit at the moment. So it's probably the, the opposite is, is true. What, what we're finding, some lenders, they, they're reducing the amount that people can borrow because of the cost of living crisis. With bills going up, some lenders are put their doings as a portion and for people having higher outgoings on things like their gas and electricity. We, we had one example in the office just last week. I think originally the woman was allowed to borrow something like about 170000 but the lender had reassessed their criteria. Nothing had changed with her circumstances, but because they are now saying, right, your gas and electricity prices are going to be a lot more, they, they reduced how much she could borrow at about 162000 So uh, that, that's something just to bear in mind at the minute. We're seeing some mortgage rates are also increasing slightly. The, the Bank of England base mortgage rate, um, that's increased over the last few months. So rates are creeping up a wee bit, but there, there's some some still some cracking products and cracking deals out there, but some lenders are just squeezing a little bit what you can actually borrow. Okay, uh, next one's from Isla in Salford. Isla asks, hi Phil, I know the advice was not to shop around for another energy provider before the big increase, is that advice likely to change at some point? It, it will change at some point. However, at the moment, it is quite difficult to 
in a lot of cases to get a better energy tariff than, than what you're perhaps already on. But what I always say is keep checking with a, an off-gem approved comparison website. So that's one such as you switch and money supermarket. It, it doesn't do any harm. It only takes minutes to, to put your details in there. If you've got a copy of your most recent bill, that'll tell you what tariff you're on, probably tell you as well what you're, you're paying. And you can use that just to compare. I, I went on and, and looked for myself and the difference annually was just neg- negligible. But it, it's always worth just looking at that from time to time and, and seeing if you can save some money there. Okay. I would just say as well, before you get in touch with the question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics so far and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or on the Facebook page for the show, search Personal Finance with Phil Anderson. That's Personal Finance with Phil Anderson on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn too, or you can email Phil a question that he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send him your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured, we won't use your real name if that's what you'd prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. Please follow us on Apple or whatever you get your podcasts. Then you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John. 